0: You deserve it. And you know what else? You're
1: welcome! Hey
0: everyone, welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host... Judy Gold, ding, and um, this week we have uh, part two of my interview with really a, a, just an extraordinary person, Margie Haber, who I hope you enjoyed part one. She's really fascinating, um, and and there's a lot of interesting stuff in part two. <laughs> oh, I'm this is what I'm doing. I know it's the beginning. I'm putting my dates out. Because I need to fill the seats with the dates, and you know I do post on Tweetar, but it's really I don't know. Like I'm having such agita about the hate speech on Tweetar and I really can't stand Elon Musk. What he's just like a fucking spoiled brat who came to the playground and has to ruin everyone's time and be a fucking bully. It's just and I and with the anti-Semitism is really fucking pissing me off and all the hate speech. So I'm just doing my dates just so I get them out. December 14th. That's December 14th. I'm at the Chosen Comedy Festival in Miami Beach. The 15th, though, I'm going to Boca. So please come see me at the Boca Black Box in Boca, Rittown, Florida. Oh, I didn't do a one for the Chosen Comedy Festival. It's all Jews. So, um... Boca Black Box on I think it's a Thursday. I think it's a Thursday. It is a Thursday night at the Boca Black Box in Boca. And then I'm doing A Very Judy Christmas on the 25th in New York City at Stand Up New York. And then January 21st, the Sellersville Theater in Pennsylvania in Sellersville, Pennsylvania. And one of our podcast guests will be opening for me. Uh, Kristen Michelle, is it Kirsten? Kirsten Michelle Sills, uh, who's fucking, I love her. She's really funny. Uh, And then January 26th to, oh God, I can't talk. January 26th to the 28th, through the 28th at the Comedy Loft in Washington, D.C. And I'll be in Avenel, New Jersey, right by where I grew up. (laughs) on February 4th at the Avenel Performing Arts Center. So anyway, that's, those are my dates. So I'm going to say them again at the end because I have to, because I have to use the platforms, the platforms people. Anyway, so it's been quite a week. Like I, I am 60 as we all know, because I had my birthday. And then um, I'm also like really upset about what's happening like, I, I don't know how Alex fucking Jones still has a platform and and everyone keeps reporting about Alex Jones, Kanye, the fuck it, who walks around without his face covered. Like, I can't stand these fucking people. They're so anti-Semitic. Nick Fuentes, he's 24 years old. Like, where's his family? He's 24. You think he's not enjoying every fucking moment of this shit? Ugh, I can't. I can't. And that Lauren Boebert one, I can't. It's just, uh oh, I don't know if anyone else is feeling the same way. But yeah, so that's that. It's I don't like the cold. I really, you know, I always said, oh, I'm never going go to fl- I'm never gonna go to Florida. I'm never going to go to Florida. I'm never going to, you know, not have seasons. I really like having seasons. I like, cha- you know, changing my cl- I d- closet. I, d- I don't like it anymore. I don't. I really, does anyone else feel that way? I just, you know, I just want it to be the same weather every day. I'm I'm getting all, I'm really feeling the elderly inside of me, but I'm still very immature. I'm very immature. What else is going on? Uh, I don't know. I am writing thank you notes now for my, all my um, beautiful, I got some really unbelievable gifts, which I'm not a, I, you know, I always feel a little guilty with the gifts because there's so many, I know this is so vomit, you're going to vomit. So if you're eating, I'm just letting you know you're going to vomit. But I do feel like so many people have nothing. And I, you know, even though I have one bathroom, I do have a beautiful Mont Blanc pen now from Elisa's parents and I fucking love it. And I'm just using it all the time and no one's allowed to touch it. Even though I noticed that Elisa came in my, um, into my office slash other bedroom and um, used my pen and wrote in my notebook. But she did write, I love you, Judy Gold, with a heart. So she's not getting in trouble, but no one else is touching my pen. Um, Okay, so I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, I'm cold. uh, I hate everyone. It's the usual shit. And I'm now going, I'm telling you right now, um, uh, because I'm pre-recording this, I'm going for my skin check. To make sure I don't have any sun damage, which is something everyone should do. So, listen, I want you to sit back, I want you to relax, and I want you to enjoy part two of my conversation with Margie Haber. I love you.
1: Should we go to my 30s
0: and let you do know well, okay, that? Well, okay. So, you're now so in, you in your 30s. Thir- uh, everyone, let's uh, try to. Marge is now in her 30s. Okay. Okay. So you, you stay out there. You didn't you didn't the, ring the bell. You didn't uh, marches but are, did you, so once you got this job and you settled in, did your life calm down and become more normal? Uh, oh, you mean
1: outside of the show business thing? Yes. You
0: know? Yeah. Well, I live with Mary.
1: Cause you weren't working in the beginning, right? You no, weren't just I went wasn't out working. From, yeah. So, yeah. so June, July, August. The whole summertime, I was not right. working, and I lived with right. her, and, and that was the epitome of what everyone wishes Hollywood could be. That's the right. Hollywood story, you know. Right. Uh, that is quite something. But then in September, then in September, I think it was around November, I moved out and found a roommate that I found from co- from a from an acting class I took, and then I became friends with Sherry Lansing, and you know, Sherry Lansing. Oh she yes. Jewish Jewish.
0: Yes. And, and, yes. uh, because she was in show. my class. Yeah. the irony wow. of the
1: whole thing. I got to say the irony of the whole thing is Sherry Lansing. It's worth mentioning because she, what a woman she, I met her when she was in class. She was an actress. Both of us were acting and we really connected really well. And years later, she became many, many years later, she became president of 20th century Fox and president of Paramount studios. And Ooh. when I wrote my first book, which is right here, How to to get the part without falling apart. That was my first book 20 years ago, 23 years ago. I had called her up to tell her to um, see if she would put a write something on it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but I called her and I had not spoken to her maybe in 15 years. Okay. That day I get a call that I left a message in the morning that day. I hear hello, Margie. Yeah, it's Sherry. Sherry, Sherry, no secretary, no. Excuse me, Sherry right, Nancy right. wants to call you. I mean, the girl, woman is the president at that moment. Right, president of Paramount Studios. Margie, I am so proud of you for. I cannot believe that you wrote this fantastic book. I'm like thinking, is she of me? She's proud of me. I said, how can you say that? <laughs> you're the head of a. He yes, yeah. but you are. You know, you're so you're so wonderful. I, It was such a an incredible human being, and so. That was that was my, my and so Hamisha
0: speaking of so Hamisha Hamish,
1: thinking of Hamish yeah. it's so sweet uh, so anyway that that came that was what came out was um, with that and then but um, is here's
0: another moment of pinching mm-hmm. yourself
1: yeah oh, yeah yeah that was just yeah pretty it uh, but I will tell you the the thing is Judy I had my I, I wrote this book fuck your comfort zone because that's my that's my life story I go I've always. Prefer to be out there and be hurt. I say to people in my book, I talk about my fear, and this probably I might say maybe yours as well is that I'm going to be invisible,
0: irrelevant. Most people, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, most, pe- most people's fear are they're going to be visible. They would rather stand on the sidelines. What? I am four thousand so not being yes. seen. So that's why my when my book says you know it says fuck your comfort zone, take a risk and pink come the lead in your own life. Right. right? That means being, taking a risk, the risk to be seen is very, very hard for many people, not for us. Right. We, you know, we want to be seen and being invisible is scary. It's the worst. So it's that's, the worst. that's the, yeah, that, that's what, that was uh, what has affected me my whole life. So when the pandemic came and I wrote uh. my book, it was really at a time for me to think, how have I changed and grown all these years? And the big growth is that now I teach everything and do everything with empathy and curiosity. Right. Everything in my life is all about. I'm curious to know what makes you tick, and I'm empathetic Same. about That's how you live your life. March. That's it. That is why I do. Martiala, this Margula, Margula, Margela. That is why yeah. I do
0: this podcast. Me too. Make, Me too. I make no and money in my We got to listen no. To my I'm going to do. It. Yeah, I'm going to listen to your podcast. You're You're I I, uh, I make no money, but I think. I'm so fascinated by people and their stories, not what they're doing, not what they're working on. No. Who are you and why are you where you are right now? Like that's to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's the same exact thing. There are things that I have to talk about. um, Number one, when you were an actor, I hate actress. I'm really, I have to tell you, I am now so averse to comedian, Like, that—that that is like a knife in my back. I am averse to genderizing, especially comedian, because of all the shit I had to put up with as a woman in the 80s, 90s. Yeah, and I'm just like, no, I'm a a, a comic. I'm a comic as much as... All right, so anyway, these are things I have to know. Okay. I don't even care if the people listening give a shit, but the fact that you were on Barnaby Jones... (laughs) I, I, don't, I love that show an emergency and you were on emergency. I mean, this is just <laughs> shit. I grew up watching.
1: Okay. I didn't think the podcast would be this good. <laughs> I knew it'd be good, <clears throat> but I never knew we'd become best friends from <laughs> Beauty, I'm coming. I'm I'll be in New York next week, hopefully. I'm ca- I mean, I, Marge, I
0: need you. I'm writing a show have, and I'm in a fucking my, writer's block shit. They have to give me a cell phone number after. Oh, Marge. Okay. Margela, best friends. Go ahead. fucking believable. Okay. okay. Barnaby Church. my first so yeah.
1: Well, you know, it was the very beginning. I had no idea what I was doing. I, I think I had one or two lines. I was so freaking scared. I think I was a sec. I was a receptionist. I had to say, yes. Hi, uh, um, Barnaby Jones' office. Hi, Barnaby Jones. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I was so scared. Uh, but th- the funniest thing of all was my first TV show. Okay. It was called, it was Matt Lincoln. It was Ben Casey, the guy, Ben Casey, Vince Edwards. Yes. He did another show called Matt Lincoln. So I want to tell you the story. It's so funny. I'm going to show it to you. So Vince Edwards. Um I, I was so it was my first TV show. I'd never done anything before. I was a teacher. How what can I say? That was me. I all I had to do was walk. Okay, all I do was walk down the 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 outside to the bleachers with another with, with the with the star of the show, Julie Gregg. This is what happened. I'm walking, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm, going to walk. I'm so nervous. <clears throat> they said, and action. And I'm walking walking really fast, really fast. And the director says, Cut uh, Margie, not Margula, by the way. Margie, <laughs> you're walking a little too fast. Okay. You okay, can just slow it down. Walk it. Okay. Okay. No problem. I'll walk slowly. Okay. And action. So slow. So cut. up uh, Margie, you're walking a little slow. <laughs> His, can you pick it up? Yeah, pick it up. So this woman felt so sorry for me to, the the star, yeah. Yeah. Julie says, just let's have a conversation. And okay, okay. So how have you been, Margie? Good. So what, what do you do? But, and it was natural because I didn't have to worry. I wasn't right. the you were critical parent the right. and the fearful child were not operating. The voices were low. All I could hear when I was walking, am I doing it right? What does he want me to do? Critical parent. Oh, my God. What if I do it wrong? soon as I got to the – then the, I, the funny part about it, um, really, it was so funny, was I'm sitting there on the bench, and Vince Edwards, Judy, and I were doing the scene. And he was looking, he, what he did is he had his paper right underneath. So he never memorized oh. and he would never, he never looked at my eyes. He looked at right in between in my, in my right, the frown here area. Right. And it
0: was like, I couldn't even believe no, this can, guy. Talk about so well. no connection.
1: <laughs> whatsoever. So that was that, you know, emergency was really fun because emergency. Oh, that show uh, was, now, listen, I love that show. So you we I've got to find it and send it to you. you will be crack, you'll be cracked. Oh, crack I have to. I, I so it was a my my friend Paul Ryan, who was Jewish, his name was Bernie Feldman. Uh, he also passed away a couple of years ago. But Bernie, but Paul and I were uh team. We did a lot of comedy together and we did we mc together and did all these things. And we and this was uh so we were actually cast together as husband and wife to play these couple whose dog was stuck on the roof. Oh. All right. It was so hilarious because I was a terrible actress. I mean, really? I was, I mean well, I was trying to show all the time. Right, I didn't right, understand right. it.
0: Oh, but yes. Okay. I mean, in, Makes you know
1: terrible. I should say I was a ner- I, later on, I think I became better. It's actually not true it was terrible, but I was terrible in this particular thing. But it was saying, oh it, so I had to just go, you know, so he falls off the roof. Um, Paul, we have to get to emergency to to write. And ah, i think, oh yeah. right. <laughs> and then, and then um it was uh, you know, me yelling for my dog and you no know, to come back and all these scary things. <clears throat> it was absolutely hysterical. Actually later, I actually gotta say that I was up for the daughter of Maud. It was she myself and
0: Adrian Barbeau. Did you uh, know that? Okay. First of all, all right, I just need to. I need to take that in. You know that <laughs> first and Adrian Barbo. Um, I, I just want to say that that is who I thought I would be. That Stop is. It. Stop it. It's no, I thought bad. I was going to be Maud when I got older. I thought I'm going to have a series. Uh, yeah. Be Arthur. First of all, my mother resembled her. I used to have a joke about my mother um, because my mother, she got her cataracts removed and they gave her, this is such an old joke, but they gave (laughs) her these Mm -hmm. sunglasses to wear to protect her eyes from the sun for four to six weeks after the surgery. And the joke was that she still wears them. She wore them for years. Uh, Mm -hmm. She thinks they're attractive. She looks like B. Arthur as a welder. Okay. And so I used to, and the company that made the glasses heard that joke and sent me numerous pairs to give to my mother. And and the funnier part is I had a cataract removed last year and I still wear my cataract glasses. But, you know, Maud to me, I mean, all those sitcoms, but that one in particular, this brash, loud Jewish woman who didn't take any shit, sarcastic. That's what I thought. And I love the, I can't believe you were up for the daughter. So it was, let me, let me
1: tell you the story because you're going to love it. I can't believe that that would happen. This is so crazy that you, that, that, let me just take a breath here to believe how, how many things we have in
0: common. I can't take it. And that's, that's huge. Okay. Okay.
1: So here's the story. I was 24 or something like that. I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't really care. So I think, I don't know how I transitioned into not caring after that horrible show, but whatever happened, something changed. And I went to, and I auditioned for Jane Murray, who was casting at the time for Norman Lear. And uh, I did this, um, oh, by the way, Norman Lear, by the way, is, he wrote a whole wonderful thing in my book. I I love him. Anyway, so I really did well and they gave me a call back. And then I did, and that was it. And I didn't hear anything. And then I went to, I went to Italy because my friend back up, Julie Gregg, the one who helped me in the very beginning. Oh yes. with not the Jewish, Yeah. Mm-hmm, was in the, the movie Man La Mancha in Italy. It's another great story. Man, you're going to die when you hear this. Man, I was, in, so she invited me to go. I went to see her when you shooting Man La Mancha in a cave with Peter O'Toole and Sophia Loren. No. I am invited for dinner to sit only at this little dinner at the rest at, at um, Saul Chaplin, the musician, the guy who did wrote the music, Jewish. Um, with Saul, myself, no, Peter, myself, Sophia, Arthur Hiller, and Julie. That was our dinner.
0: What so I I'm can't? Sitting, what the <laughs> fuck? They should do I a book. Of oh, all your be- dinners and mm-hmm. they, they, some, a photographer or someone puts the
1: tables well, together. That is supposed to be my, this would be my next book. This is the okay. book. I mean, but you, you and I can, can uh, yeah. talk about it. So anyway, cause there's so many wonderful stories. So check this out. So I'm, I'm, I'm a 24 years old. I don't know. Care. I don't know. I'm right. just shocked. I'm sitting there once again, between Ten the chain. most yeah. two gorgeous people you've ever met. Peter O'Toole at that time. un fucking Brought out my 60% heterosexuality. Um, 60? 65. Barbara, Barbara, <laughs> depends who you are I'm talking about. And then um, Sophia Loren. <laughs> oh my God. Magnifique. I can't, okay? I can't, I can't. So she, they said, well, what do you do? What do
0: you do? Well, I she brought out your 100% lesbianism. Yeah, All right, go ahead. 20. Yeah.
1: And she said, well, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a singer. Cause I was singing at the time. And, and I sing her teacher, blah, blah. Oh, I said, Do you want to hear a song in front of everyone? No, you did not. This is, yeah, this is what I did. I got up in front of everybody, in front of this small little dinner place, and I went, Rock-a-bye, your oh, baby, with a skipping melody. I mean, when you croon, croon a tune, from the heart of Dixie, hang your mail. I mean, I was like... Were you wasted? I, I No. I just had no no filters,
0: Inhibitions. Oh, wow. That's No great. inhibitions.
1: Yeah. I had no ambitions What I I just, I mean, I was crazy. I mean, it was like, do whatever. Luckily they thought it was cute, but it was really who, whoever would do such a thing. (laughs) So I went back to the end of the story. I went back to, um, LA and right afterwards I get a call that they want me to do a screen test or no.
0: Yeah. Okay. I just, I have one question. How the, the goodbyes at that dinner, were they like, um, and, Bye. nice meeting
1: you. No, I like know No, I just think that they they thought they got a kick out of me. Who does things like that? No one. I think they got a kick out of me. Okay.
0: Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. After yeah, so having this fucking experience, so, you so get here's home. The problem. Yeah.
1: I had gained twenty five pounds on pasta in those three weeks I was there. You
0: did not.
1: I I, I was huge. I gained a lot of weight, twenty five pounds. So Norman Lear put me on HCG shots. They are shots for pregnant women that help you lose weight. And I had to lose all this weight to do it. Now, the big story comes, Judy. This is the big story.
0: Does it work the shots?
1: Yeah, I got. I lost so wait, wait,
0: wait. Let's go back. They gave they shots told me, uh, they,
1: to put me on these shots. I don't know if they to, gave to it, women, what,
0: it. but at that time they to gave to lose sh- weight. Yeah,
1: for pregnant women to lose weight. No, it's something. It's H. It's I think it's called the HCG shots or something like that. Okay. It's, a, it's got pregnant stuff in it. I don't know. I don't okay, know got it so you. There's something that gave me that made me lose weight. <clears throat> so uh, I was on this diet. I could meet. And I – such a great – and this is all my stories. It's going to be all my stories in one book now. So I'll great. i just get these recording from you, and I'll just do this Yeah, this story just now have someone – uh, yeah. Yeah, because this is a great story. So now I am – I I was meeting my friend Karen to go to the movies. Karen, okay? who. Uh, Karen Condon, Condation, not Jewish. No. Wonderful actress, though. Wonderful actress. Rose Tattoo, everything. Anyway, so she, her, but I had, to, but I decided that I need to get an apple because I am obsessively need to eat when I go to a, to a movie theater. Yeah. So I go to this, um, this supermarket in West Hollywood on Santa Monica Boulevard near my studio at the time, La Cienega. And I walk in and it was a big line. And I said, well, fuck it. I'm just going to take the apple because I'm late. And yes, Judy, I stole an apple. I walked out.
0: Murray, get on the
1: phone. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I haven't even gotten that part yet. <clears throat> I said, okay. And I get this, <clears throat> and, I, and, I'm, and these two big black men, I'll say that for a reason later, said, come with us. Now, I did, I'm not a person who steals, so I didn't really know that they have, they didn't during those times in 1970, they did not have um, a, any, any cameras. They had a floor up on top. Oh yeah. Where they could look so, down where they could see like they do with on, the yes.
0: casinos.
1: Okay. Yes, exactly. So they, so no, okay. So I went up there crying, please <laughs> let me go. They said, and so they said, can I look in your purse? Yes. Well, at that time I was a smoker, but I was sick at the time with pneumonia or whatever. And so I had a Tipperillo box that I was smoking. Tiparillo, is the one weird thing. They opened up the box and there was a joint in there.
0: Oh God.
1: In 1970, a joint was a felony. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So he called, they called the cops in this nice Jewish area. It was completely Jewish. Not one. It's a Jewish, Jewish, Jewish area, right? All the Jewish the Kaka's, for those people that don't know what the means is old farts, old shits. All the Jewish the were there as they came and arrested me <gasps> and put me in handcuffs and put me in the cop
0: car. Uh-huh. oh my god right? you must and have been said, freaking I was, out i said oh my god oh my god and the guy which said, did critical up. parent come out during that time fearful child the fearful okay. child freaking out
1: i said oh my god oh my god and the guy says shut up he ain't gonna help you that was the cop and i was put into jail and i was there with all of these <clears throat> amazing prostitutes because it was a prostitute jail. right and they weren't scared you know they came down no. at a time one was one was you know uh, scary. You wouldn't want to be left alone with them. One was right. like really really young. <clears throat> and my and my friend I called. I had my one phone call. My friend said, uh, make you one phone call. And I called my friend because I know what to tell. And she's. I said I don't know what to do. Just make this as an acting experience. So I watched them, but they did a narco search. They they searched every hole of my body because I was up for. They were you know not. I was up for something really bad. They put me in jail with this roommate that was a hard chick. Right. And I didn't know when I was going to get out.
0: How and long? I was scared
1: out of my mind. Well, so I'm, I decided if I'm going to be here, at least I should interview this this um, <laughs> woman. So I said to her, do you mind if I ask you some questions? The prostitute said, yeah, what is it? I said, you know, I'm I, I said, I, "I'm just curious because I'm an acting, an actress, what it would be like to be in the profession of, of prostitution. And she said, uh, well, yeah, it's cool. I make a lot of money. I said, well, did anything bad ever happen to you? She said, well, uh, I was walking down the street and some guy wanted me to do something to him. So I took my racer blade and slid him across the chest. I said, thank you. Good night. <laughs> and to make a long story short, I did get out. Karen knew a judge, got me out. It was a very long story. Wait, how long were you in the jail? Uh, I was only in there for 20, like 20 hours. Did you lay so on the bed and shit? Or was, was there a bed? I, was, a t- I, I, had, I had my bed. And she had hers, and then the other one had a bunk And bed. you
0: did. Did you ever tell your parents?
1: Later, not then. Much, much later. Did you tell your sisters? Much, much later. Wow. No, I didn't tell anybody. I was, I
0: was too, uh, too full of shame. Oh, of course. Wow. Of shame you got a lot of secrets. Okay. You decided that acting was too competitive. You wanted other people to succeed. Acting is so competitive and I want people to succeed. I didn't, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you open the studio. Uh-huh. 1986, I believe. Yes. And you start this acting studio, which I'm so upset that I did not, when I lived in L.A., did not go to. I went to, mm-hmm. what's his name? Skinny aud- it, for auditioning. It was an audition class. That's what uh, I, mine was. I know. I Skinny. Oh, uh, come on down. That guy, that guy, guy, uh, fuck. Okay. Mm -hmm. Steven, it began with an S. Okay. You end up coaching Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt and Michael Easton were Mm -hmm. both up for the same role in Thelma and Louise. Correct. And you coached Brad. Both of them. Yeah. Well, we're the same part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, it was it's a wonderful story, because for all people that are listening, with all the fun we've had today, which we've had so much fun, you and I, everybody has something special, right? It's my job to bring that specialness out, whether you're an actor, whether you're just a a regular human being, whether you're a person who does speeches, a corporate person, I'm there to help you bring out the beauty of yourself. Right. And he came in, he was adorable. He had a twinkle in his eye. Uh, he, what was great about him is he made me feel special and that's hard to do. Yeah.
0: I hope I, and, I'm accomplishing that. Okay. Go ahead. Yes, I do. I feel the same way.
1: And it was just a wonderful experience because he was very young. He he didn't hadn't done very much. I think he did some soap opera stuff. Uh, but, when he was in my class, and then and then he got this audition. At the same time, this other guy who had been with me longer, Michael Easton, right, also got the same audition, Louise. But Michael's essence, okay, was much darker than Brad's. So what all I had to do with with Brad was to encourage him to bring out his playful child and help him to make the relationship the most important thing. <clears throat> With Michael, it was much different because his was letting go of his darkness. Right. And allowing himself to find that twinkle. He ended up doing Michael Easton ended up doing soap operas for many, many years because it was right. really kind of his thing. Right. And um, you know, obviously Brad booked the, booked the series a, I mean I remember seeing him
0: in that that
1: Book the film and yeah. Louise
0: and going, he would, Oh my god. But
1: do it just doing that, doing that slice with him where he gets up on the bed and he's playing with his yeah, we're playing with the hairdryer. I mean, it's all because his willingness, like I say to all of you that are listening, it's about willingness. The willingness to jump out of your comfort zone for some people is a willingness just to to raise their playful child.
0: All right. So you bring all this incredible stuff out of people. And I get it. I get the timing that you 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 um come out in your 30s. Yeah. And you've also been in therapy. I'm I'm also miss Big. therapy. I started when I was 18. Sorry. At yeah. my 50th birthday, the invitation said that we were celebrating um mm-hmm. 32 years of Judy being in therapy. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hey everyone, you know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of Liquid IV because I love Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra. That has a little green tea in it, and so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And, you know, it's getting warmer out, and what does that mean? Summer. Oh, God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate, and that's what liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America, okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar free. They have sugar free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar free. Okay, but Elisa does the sugar free. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor and I love them, and they are a quality product. And this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna turn your ordinary, ordinary Can't speak. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code Judy Gold at checkout. That's J U D Y G O L D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D. Can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. So you come out, you, you realize you're a les, you go to Indonesia. And when you go to Indonesia to teach, you come out immediately. Like, yeah, it's you. I did. Like you go to Indonesia and are like, hey, class, I'm a Jewish lesbian. Take care. You know, like,
1: that's it. That's it. That's right. Well, once I came out to my parents, it was a very challenging coming out. When it, my, it was so challenging because I was with somebody, this woman Pam, very attractive woman. I also only dated women that were straight because I didn't want to Oh, I did that. Myself, yeah, that was yeah, a thing. A long, yeah, you know, long time. That's and a Pam thing. was my first my first lesbian, but she was very pretty and so she didn't look like a lesbian so I could therefore deal with it, right? And uh I'm, of course because I don't quote look like a lesbian. I didn't think, I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought there was something really sick. So it took a long time for me to accept this thing.
0: That's why representation is everything. Yes, it is. It is. That's
1: why I came out immediately because I want people to see that gay people can look like me. Right. They can be like me too. So I, I, when I came out, I was living with this woman, Pam for a few years, separate bedrooms, all that crap thing that you have to do. And I finally, she finally said, I have to, What?
0: This is a, I because I just makes me think when my mother used to come visit we had one yep. room with the, with a queen size bed and two alarm clocks yep. and another room with a day bed and no alarm clock and she'd be like I don't want to kick Sharon out of her room I'm like you're not kicking Sharon out of a room. but Kate Clinton the great Kate Clinton had a joke about how we before the parents came over you had to straighten up the apartment <laughs>
1: quote unquote <laughs> straighten up. yes yeah. I love it I love yeah. it well that is the truth isn't it yeah. So, Pam said to me, "You know, you you need to come out to your sisters." I was thirty-four years old. My sisters didn't know. I'm so close to my family. It would be different if you weren't close. I right, but them they time. think
0: you're some th- someone else. They think yeah, you're someone it's else. It's a horrible thing. Yeah, and people don't. Not, real, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, if anybody who's not gay, what? What? I mean, this is what made me so. To so I think this is what's made me such a compassionate person because I I understand the pain of that kind of secret. Right. So I went to I went to Florida where my parents lived, and my um right in palm beach and um i said to my sister lois you know let's joan wasn't there but lois was there i said let's go out and have um let's go out and, and i wanted to talk to her right let's go out by ourselves which we never did we we're always with our parents so we went out and we're sitting there and i'm so nervous judy i'm drinking scotch after scotch smoking cigarettes one scotch after smoking i finally said i just want to let you know i couldn't say it. i'm bisexual i couldn't even I say So that's the gateway. Yeah. The gateway. So my sister said, um, I know, you know, well, how'd you know, mom? It's very obvious. You know, it's obvious. Well, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you want to say anything? Uh, hard end in 10 minutes. Okay. Um, so I said, um, okay. And what about mom? Oh, she, they, 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 they wanted me to find out from you tonight. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ready to tell them. Uh, are you kidding me? So oh, like, long story short, long story short, I came back in. Uh, I was so nervous. The next morning I wake up, my, my sister brings me a cup of coffee and I, I, I was a smoker at the time, anti-smoker now. And she said, mommy knows. It's my mother and my father, but it was always my mommy. Right. Mommy same. knows. And said, that's exa- same. Yeah, and my kids so call walk me walk mommy. Out, yeah, go ahead. I walk outside and my mother and father, and they're in a garden apartment and it's right on a golf course and neighbors can hear. And right. I go out and I go like this. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And, she, and my mother said, Shh, the neighbors. <laughs> and, and they said, come inside. So I walk inside. I'm crying. Oh my God. I'm like, and he puts his, my, listen, look at how wonderful this. My father, Murray, puts his arms around me and says, don't worry, darling. It's temporary. It's Hollywood. Is that the sweetest thing? And my fa- mother says, Murray, Murray. Mary. I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to talk about, it. I don't want to hear about your dames go out and play your dames. That's what you call it. My dames. So it was very trying. Love that. I left there. I left there. We didn't, we didn't talk for three weeks. No, I talked to my mother every day. Same. We didn't talk for three weeks. And then she calls me and says, I don't want to lose you. I have to learn to accept it. You're You're the most important person to me. So Aww. three months later, she came to the municipal election committee of Los Angeles, who uh, Pam was the head of mm-hmm. chair of. It was a big thing with all the gay guys in their tuxes. Uh, right? And all these handsome guys, my mother dressed in her, she, my mother was beautiful. She looked like Grace Kelly, Ginger Rogers, dressed in her Grecian gown, walks in with these, you know, these handsome men taking her to the table. And that was the first introduction. And after that, P flag was the most important thing. Everybody P flag helped my mother get parents,
0: friends of lesbians and gays. And then my, when I
1: ended up having, um, having my child, another story for whatever, and adopting my son when he was born. And I ended up having this relationship with my, this woman, Barbara, we were very Jewish. Um, and Barbara and I were in the front uh, seat. My mother was in the back. My father had passed six months past past after that time that I told my parents, but she remarried an incredible man Artie, And she said, I can be at peace now knowing that you have such a wonderful partner. So, you know.
0: Oh my God. I love that. You know, it's very similar to mine. I, I came out to my sister first in therapy in her therapy session. She freaked out. (laughs) She's going to kill me for saying this. And I was like 25. I don't even know how old I was. But then yeah. when I was 30, so I don't know. And my mother was helping me. She was here and she, it was confirmed. And, but. You know, my sister didn't talk to me like for three weeks or so. She said, I need yes. to mourn the person I thought you were. I was like, oh, whatever. Uh, yeah. And and but my <clears> mother <throat> never stopped talking. She said, I knew it. I knew it. And my father had also passed. And uh, she's like, why didn't you tell your father? Because my father had asked me in a really sweet way. And I was just not ready. But it was interesting. I never felt unloved. I never felt unloved. It's or wonderful. Th- and that it was really but, wonderful, but it wasn't easy. Okay. No, Marjola, I could talk to you. I'm not kidding. I know hours. Okay. And I days. really could, can, should get our pajamas on. And I know
1: do a 24 hour podcast. Let's do it. Listen,
0: I need you. Wow. When you come to New York, I am writing something and I'm having blockage and okay. I really would love to talk to you about it. Cause I think you can un. Block me now. I, I always ask my podcast guests two questions, but I have—I know we only have a li- few more minutes left. I just want to say, my best friend of my whole life, my best friend died of ALS. Your friend Neil died of ALS. Oh my God, what is happening with us? Um, and this is freaky, this is freaky. It's, yeah, but and I dedicated my book to him. Um, and I read about your friend wow. Neil, and I was just like, oh my God, this woman and yeah. my and me, okay. I just, these are important things that I got from the book. Um, Fear and control is our nemesis. Courage. You need to have the courage to fall in love with yourself. Worrying, negatory. Uh, Bring who you are to the life of the character. I think that is a, sort of a recipe for life, bring who you are to the life of the life. You know, yeah. I, everyone should read this fucking book.
1: Yeah. It's an amazing book.
0: And, it is. and you call yourself, mm-hmm. um, wait, uh, a behaviorist, which I, right. is so true. You are teaching people how to behave and, and like the yeah. noise and how the noise. Yeah. Affects. And you can't have that. I remember during the AIDS crisis, um, someone saying, you know, you, you have to, and I would tell my friends with AIDS, you're bigger than this virus. You know, like you have to look at this virus as it's a thing, but it's, you're bigger than the virus. And I feel like, you know, we are bigger and stronger than our horrible thoughts that are based in fear. Yep.
1: It's 120%. And it really is about also Judy. It's about my book is also, it's funny. And I and I and yeah. I out myself with and my it's so sessions. honest.
0: And I can't believe we're not talking about Jody, who was your student in oh. Indonesia. I Rest know. in it's peace. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I mean, which, it's just it's a wonderful. It's if wonderful I had a Patreon, book. but that would be the story that. Yeah.
1: yeah I tell people I tell people, all oh, your audience, when you get the book, you know, wherever your Amazon, whatever take a credit, or take a colored pen. I know people don't like to mark up books, but I, if you saw my book, you would not believe how marked up my book is completely marked up. Everything about my book is marked up because you too. Okay. Yeah. It yeah. has to be because I, there's so many things that remind me of myself. And I go back so many times. Right. I, I go so many back to and I go, yeah, you know, this is happening now. I need to, I, <laughs> showing
0: me I'm to showing you it. all the markups um, I have,
1: but um, it, I tell you, it, that's why, that's why it's so important is to, pl- to please everyone get this book for yourself, then get it for somebody who you know is suffering and struggling to find their personal power uh, and do it. Yeah, with empathy, such a
0: great curiosity, book. love and forgiveness. Forgive yourself right. when you can't get it right. Okay. These are the two questions I ask my podcast mm, okay. guests. Number one is what you do for your mental health. Besides that, I know you okay. go to therapy. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I go to Al-Anon because my, my wife is, fell off the wagon. So I do Alan, I'm a big Alan believer. And this book is very Alanonish. hmm uh, and I go to therapy. But I for, for to keep my own mental health. First of all, I've learned to breathe more. All right. I need to breathe more. And of course I meditate more than I ever have. And yeah. then I I, 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 I you, my dog, do you do tr- transcendental? No, I used regular? to do T M the whole I do TM my whole life until recently mindful meditation.
0: I did I mindful I did mindful I've been doing mindful for years. And yep. then I called the TM guy, you know, the big TM guy. Yep. Yep. And he never got back to me. Like he, he was like, yeah, I'm going to get you a mantra, blah, blah, blah. And then well, that, I, you
1: know. I I used to do TM. So the other thing I do yeah. is I, I, with well, Georgie's not here cause I close the door, but Georgie, my Tibetan terrier, I hug him a lot. I, and I spend time with my dog. I just, just, loving he's got all the hair no fur just hair right i love him and then i take away I, what i also do that helps me a lot is put my attention on helping a person in front of me then all my other shit goes away
0: right it's amazing okay yep. the, now the podcast is called kill me now cuz i get aggravated about i am my mother's daughter and mm-hmm. everything fucking drives me up a wall what makes you so fucking angry like it could be anything. It could be the smallest thing. Oh, but well, makes- you know,
1: it's hard. The orange roach has made me insanely oh, angry. Motherfucking piece And I of call shit. him an orange roach. And so what's happened to me is I have I think that because of him, I think the thing that makes me the most angry is a lack of kindness that goes oh. on in our world. And because yes, he has and driven, he did that. Driven, he did that. Because he has driven the world down this horrible hole. I have I have no patience for it and I I've had to stop myself so many times from disconnecting with people that that uh, that say anything nice about him. So I think oh, I'm things, done with that. You know, there's no yeah. Very, there's very very no defense. Very him. Hard, very, hard,
0: very hard. and he brought so, out shit in me that I, I didn't know. know. Yeah. The yeah, rage yeah. and anger. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So uh, and hate. Well, yeah. So to to re- really, you know, letting go. I have to learn to let. I had to learn to let go. Yeah. And and uh, just really be kind and the kindness to me is like the big thing to just really, and look at my truth of myself. Right. And, and, the, and that's been,
0: what was the question? <laughs> I forgot the question. What pisses you off more than anything in the what world. What pisses me off. Yeah. So
1: that's what pisses me off is right. lack of kindness and, um, and people, people being so narcissistic.
0: Oh, I can't.
1: Narcissism bothers
0: I... me. It's so annoying. It's yeah, just so it's hard to hard. be around.
1: Yeah. Margela. Um Margela Judy. Judila. Thank you, Margela. It's been a wonder I had so much fun. Hello.
0: Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one and only Margie Haber. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmailing. This podcast would not be possible without the help. I don't I don't know. I don't like that line. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards Richmond. Who's married to a Jew? Um, because it's really my life wouldn't be possible, so it's it's not right. No, I I, I got to change that line. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmaling. Thank you to Brittany Joe Sowards Richmond for everything she fucking does. Okay, now I'll figure something else out. Um, listen, please subscribe and leave a review. I just want to tell you something. Okay, now I am gonna mention someone who listened to the end. But I did get some people writing to me like, oh, I listened to the end of Al Franken. And it's like, no, you have to listen to the end of more than one. Do you know what I mean? But I did get this amazing, I guess it was a DM or something. And someone sent me the review they left, which was so lovely. Okay. And I'm just so thrilled that someone actually, listen, I posted a review. I need you to see it. This is from Robert Hanlon. Okay. I love you, Robert. Brilliant and wonderful voice. I long to see this person live someday. I have tweeted her to tell her I listen to the very end of every podcast. No guilt inferred unless you want that. And nothing. I expect she's busy Oh, I didn't even know this was ne- negative. I expect she is busy, which is what I hope for. I love the Somebody Feed Phil New York episode. A lot of bells for that one. So I can see her close to live. If I ever win a lottery, I'm going to see her live and hopefully take her for a great matzo soup. No, it's matzo ball soup, Robert. Okay, I love you, but it's matzo ball soup. And lunch. Okay, let's do it. Um, Thank you. I love you. He's a podcast addict. Robert Hanlon, you are getting a huge shout-out because you did what I ask everyone to do, which is subscribe and leave a review because it helps more people find the podcast and um, I can sort of make ad revenue, which is not working. So, um, yeah, it's very helpful. So thank you to Robert Hanlon who we're not getting matzo soup because that would be boring. That would be like matzo with fucking chicken stock on it, Okay. No, we're gonna get lots of ball soup. It's a whole other thing. So, anyway, uh, that's it. So, please come to my shows. I am in Florida, as you know, the December 14 and 15. Uh, 15, I'm at the Boca Black Box in Boca Raton, Florida. I'm in Sellersville, uh, Pennsylvania. January 21st, January 26th through 28th, the Comedy Loft of D.C., Washington, D.C., and uh, February 4th, Avenel Performing Arts Center in Avenel, New Jersey. I have a new off-Broadway show that will be coming out very soon. I'm gonna do the announcement next week. And uh, that's it. I don't know what else to tell you. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. You are all my, just my, I love you. I just love you. Tell everyone about the show. Follow me on Twitter. I don't know about Twitter. I mean, follow me, but I keep losing followers and I hate Elon Musk. Um, Instagram. Uh, I'm still there at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, because I'm Jewish and I'm proud and I'm going to s- keep calling myself Judy. And you can all go fuck yourselves if you're anti-Semite. Go fuck yourself. Live without all the contributions Jews have made to the world and see how great your life is. Um, and if you hate gays, do the same thing. Live without all the contributions. If you hate black people, live with all the uh, all the contributions. Your life will be Shit. Shit. If you hate Asians, same thing. If you hate Latinx, go oh, have fun. Go f- have fun living your white, boring, fucking mayonnaise, white bread bullshit. Anyway, so I just wanted to end on a positive note. <laughs> but yeah, check and go to my website judygold.com. All upcoming virtual and live events. And I, st- I, and just so you know, I started doing more shooting the shit in the bathroom. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And as we always say, so long.